911, what's your location and phone number? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just listen to me. There are these weird lights and an egg and bugs. Sir, what is... I don't know the address. We're at uh, Willie Chambliss's place. Sir, can you repeat your location? I said the Chambliss place. They're everywhere! Sir. 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 This is the Mysterious Traveler, inviting you to join me on another trip into the strange and terrifying. I hope that you will enjoy the trip, that it will thrill you a little and chill you a little. So sit back, get a good grip on your nerves, get comfortable. If you can. find out when we get there. I hope it's not making you nervous, being alone with me in the dark. Darkness stirs strange terrors in some minds. The things that happen at night are most unsettling to some. Things such as vampires rising from their grave, ghosts haunting cemeteries, and even UFOs. What's that? You don't believe in UFOs? Then it may surprise you to learn that over 60% of Americans alone believe in intelligent life beyond Earth. Whether intelligent life exists here on Earth, however, is up for debate. Tonight's journey is based on actual accounts of just that, in a tale I call The Collectors. Evening, Sheriff. Evening, Evelyn. What shaking? Nothing ever shakes in this town, and that's just how I like it. Don't miss the big city life? All the time, which is why I like it here. What'll it be? Wanna top off my thermos with unleaded? Will do. Pull up a stool. Just put a fresh pot on. Figured you were about due to pop in. You know what they say, don't you? What's that, Sheriff? The way to a man's heart is through his thermos. Is that all they say? Where's Cordy? Ain't this his night? His wife went into labor earlier today. I'm covering for him. I had a feeling about her. Last time I saw Annie, she was fit to pop. Well, she's certainly popping tonight. Say, why don't you let me pick you up after my shift's over, and I'll say all kinds of other things. Talk's cheap, Hoyt. Every time you offer, something's always coming up. If I didn't know any better, I'd say there was someone else pouring your coffee. This is the only restaurant in town. Okay, but you better not... Dispatch to all units. And there it is. Go ahead, Luann. Sheriff, I just got a crazy call from someone out at the Chambliss place. People yelling in the background. Willie Chambliss? Yeah, it didn't sound like him, though, and the number didn't come up on my spillboard. I'm 1076. Uh, say Hoyt. This might be nothing, but earlier this evening, these two young fellas I didn't recognize stopped in. Said they were from out of town and looking for the Chambliss place. Thanks, Evelyn. I'll keep the coffee on. 
I think I'm getting ahead of myself. Perhaps I should start the story off a few hours earlier that night, where a car travels down a tree-lined stretch of road along an isolated countryside. Behind the wheel sits Chris Mercer, a man on a mission. His traveling companion and best friend is Eric Salt, a man with a joke. So this farmer and his wife, they're sitting on their front porch and this flying saucer lands in their front yard. And this alien couple steps out. And they walk right up to the front porch. They introduce themselves to the farmer and the wife. And, you know, they're, they're already pretty shaken by, you know, what's just happened. So the aliens assure them that they mean them no harm. And they explain that uh, what they're doing there is that they want to trade partners for the night so that each of them can experience making love to someone from a different planet. Alien swingers? Exactly. So anyway, the farmer and his wife agree to it. And I mean, you know, why wouldn't they, right? So how often is it you get an opportunity to mate with an alien species? Well, you know, actually, some researchers think that... Chris, can I, can, I, can I tell my joke? Oh, sorry. Anyway, the, uh, the alien man, he sweeps the farmer's wife uh, right up into his arms. Does and, farmer's uh, wife have a name? What? I mean, it's about storytelling. You keep saying the farmer's wife. I mean, it would be a lot funnier to have the farmer's wife, like, have a name. It'd be better for the listener. Or, I mean, you know, tragic if something bad happens to someone in a story. Uh-huh. So this is what I get for trying to tell a writer a joke. <laughs> oh, this is a joke? <laughs> Very funny. The farmer's name is uh, Joe, and his wife's name is Susan. Joe and, and what Susan. about the aliens? I knew that you were going to ask me for alien names. Uh, Sid and Nancy? Nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, where was I? Sid scoops Susan up in his arms. Right, right, right. And he carries Susan into the house. And meanwhile, Nancy and Joe, they head for the barn, right? And uh, Sid undresses. And when he takes his uh, clothes off, Susan notices that his, uh, you know, part is really small. And she asks him about it. <laughs> oh, man, that's embarrassing. Dude travels from a galaxy far, far away to get humiliated like that. Right, that's just it, right? So the alien, I mean, uh, Sid, he just <laughs> smiles at Susan and he tugs on his left ear and the thing grows to be a foot long. <laughs> Damn! <laughs> but then she says, but it's still so skinny. And then he says, watch this. And he tugs on his other ear. Well, let me guess. Thick as a cucumber, dude. Ouch. Right? So the next morning after the aliens have left, Joe and Susan sitting in the kitchen having coffee. And Joe asks, how did it go with Sid? And Susan says, unbelievable. It was great. What about you? How was your night? And Joe says, well, not too bad, but she kept playing with my ears the whole time. <laughs> that was Rivethead by Sweden's own Badmouth. And you're listening to WOTW's Late Night Drive. Speaking of uh, writing, how's uh, how's a new book coming along? Uh, not so good. Which this that's why we're out here. I mean, I've already written our stories, but it's just not enough to fill a whole book. I'm looking for like similar occurrences to create a, a theme. A theme. That's why we came all the way out here for a theme. Well, and answers. We can't be the only ones who've seen what we've seen. I mean, 
specifically. You know what they say. You stare too long into the abyss. You're playing the Nietzsche card. Yeah, I'm just saying you're bordering on obsession with this one. You're telling me you don't want answers. Clearly not as badly as you do. Yet here you are. Well, I didn't say I wasn't curious. Uh, what's this guy's name again? Chambliss. The folks back in that town back there said he pretty much keeps to himself. Town? Oh, you mean that diner back there? I think we're here. This is his place? According to the directions the waitress gave us, it is. Why do these guys always live in shacks in the middle of nowhere? They'll park over by that rusted out pickup. <laughs> Which one? Should we call him or something? Let him know we're here? I don't think we need to. Porch light just came on. I think he knows we're here. Pretty damn bright for porch lights. Hello! Mr. Chambliss? Oh, call me Willie. Willie, this is my associate, Eric Salt. Eric? You can call me Salt. And I'm... Oh, I know who you are, Mr. Mercer. I read your book. You and like seven other people. <laughs> His own mother wouldn't read it. It wasn't very good. Probably why. If you didn't like my book, why did you email me? I emailed lots of folks. You're the only one who responded. I guess that says something about you. That you believe me, that is. I don't know about believed, Willie, but you did pique my curiosity. That much is for sure. Come on, let's get in the house. Uh, mosquitoes are eating me alive out here. You boys want a beer? Beer sounds good. It was a long drive out here. Hey, let me get my gear from the trunk. Well, here we are. It ain't much, but it's mine. Uh, just set your stuff there on the table. I was watching TV when my motion sensors went off and this YouTube pulled up. It's a classic. Motion sensors? Can't be too careful way out here. Uh, coyotes? Um, amongst uh, other things. Zombies? You're a f funny guy, Salt. You're already starting to grow on me. Here, let me get you to those beers. Have a seat in the living room. I'll be right there. Look, I don't know if you're hearing me. But I'm going upstairs now. If anything should try to break in here, I can hear it from up there. I'll be down to take care of it. Here you go, boys. Nice and cold. Well, Willie, how about you tell us why we're here? Hey, let me uh, grab my recorder first. I don't want to... Uh... You first. You read my book, Willie. You already know my story. Yeah, I read your book. But I want to hear you tell it. I want you to make me believe you. About eight years ago, I was living up in Michigan. My wife and I had moved up there for work. One night on my way home, I spotted something up in the air that I'll never forget. I also can't fully remember. No. 
when I try, my anxiety just goes through the roof. My brain goes just foggy. Doesn't like seem real. I get this sick, burning headache, you know? It was a Saturday night. It was also a Notre Dame game. It was a home game that night, I remember. I wanted to get home to watch it, so the lady I work with told me to leave a few minutes early. So I was headed south, nothing but trees and empty road for miles. I spotted this huge, I mean colossal thing in the sky. At first, I thought it was like uh, the Goodyear blimp, you know, headed to the Notre Dame game. They do that kind of thing sometimes. Then it lit up the sky. It made this weird, like, deafening sound. You know, like a Geiger counter. It was so bright, I had to pull over. My eyes adjusted, and and then I noticed that these strange things were hanging down from it. Like, at first, I thought they were, like, some kind of an antenna, something. But, you know, they started moving. Then I realized they were like like a bug's legs. The whole thing looked like a giant glowing beetle. It just hovered over me, making that crazy click, click, clicking sound, like a, you know, the Geiger counter. Then, like without warning, it just like shot skyward, like straight up, just disappearing into the sky. And that's where my memory just stops. I don't remember getting home. If I think about it too long, like before I know it, I just find myself like standing outside just staring into space like a zombie wanting to remember more but I just can't get through the fog my obsession that eventually cost me my marriage uh, but luckily he met me at a convention for guys like us and uh, I helped him write his book guys like you Mr. Salt you know, he and I have you know, sort of become what you might call experts on the subject We've interviewed dozens of people who claim to have seen things in the sky, but nothing like we have. You found my website, and here we are. I was in the 11th grade the first time I saw one. The first time? Yeah. I grew up in Michigan. There must be something in the water up there or something. I was coming back from a high school football game in New Buffalo. We were out in the middle of nowhere. And that's what Michigan is, mostly nowhere. My friend Bob's car blew a tire. We're stranded along the road without a spare. Bob wasn't the best at planning for emergencies. And there weren't many cell phones back then, so we just sat there waiting. We looked up at the night sky when we saw this yellow dot come from our left. It was moving kind of slow, and we were both like, you see that? And when you looked at it, you could tell it had some ovalness to it. It wasn't just a light, you know, and it moved in and out of the clouds. So it wasn't just like a searchlight or something. And after a while, I swear it seemed to notice us noticing it. So it stopped and got bigger. But as it got bigger, we realized it was actually lowering down over us. And as it got clearer, it looked like it had these weird antenna hanging down from it, like the ones Chris saw. It just hovered there, quiet as can be. Its silence was almost deafening, you know? We were too scared to even get out of the car at this point. Suddenly, it just started to make this 
crackling noise. It was so close. We had to cover our ears. But just like that, the noise stopped. And the thing just shot straight up and out of sight. And that's when we saw headlights coming around the corner. I figure it saw the headlights and took off. The guy in the car just took us to a payphone, but neither Bob or I had the nerve to ask him if he had seen the lights. We figured he'd probably think we were on drugs or something, so we kept quiet about it. Interesting. Where's Bob now? I'm getting to that. So about 10 years later, Bob and I are driving up to the Sierra Nevada mountains one night, just outside of uh, Edwards Air Force Base near Tehachapi. We're in this convertible Mustang. Bob, he had a thing for convertibles. Anyway, we're driving through the Mojave, so it's really flat, except for the Sierra Mountains in the distance. And you could see those for miles in front of you. And that's when we saw it again, the same yellow oblong light. It never moved, but the clouds just kept swirling around it. And after watching it for about five miles, I looked over at Bob and I said, do you see what I see? And he was like, yeah, I can see it, but if we ignore it, maybe it'll just go away. He was shook, I could tell you. So he pulled the car over, closed his eyes, even put his face in his hands. And I did the same, kind of humoring him, you know? I don't know why, because I was fascinated. I mean, twice in a lifetime. What are the odds, right? And when I opened my eyes, it was gone. Bob and I had been friends since grade school, but after that night, we lost contact with each other. I took a job in Chicago and I don't know what happened to him. A few years later, I get a call from his sister and uh, Bob had killed himself. She told me he hadn't been himself, lived alone, never really saw her or anybody else in his family. It was a total shock, you know? All right, Willie. Now you can either tell us why we're here or we can leave. You gonna put my story in your next book? Well, that depends. Uh, hold, hold on. I, I want to record this, okay? All right, whenever you're ready, Willie. Depends on what? <laughs> if you can find a publisher. Shut up, Eric. And if there's enough of a correlation. Go on, Willie. It happened around June of 52. Dad was in Korea at the time which left just mom taking care of me and my three sisters. Uh, I was the youngest, see? I, I just turned 11 the previous month. Uh, I grew up in a little town about 10 miles south of Moab, Utah. There wasn't much to do around those parts, just some of us knew about the caves up in the hills, so we'd explore them sometimes. Of course, if your folks found out you were up there, you were in for the whooping of your life. So we kept it as a secret as much as we could. This particular time, it was me and the Lemon Boys. They were a year or two older than me, and normally I avoided them like the plague. Uh, Daryl and Joseph were mean as snakes, see? Uh, their dad had come back from World War II uh, kind of messed up. He used to beat those boys for no reason. I guess it got to them, you know? It, chances were if somebody's sheds got broken into or burned to the ground, it was the Lemon Boys which only led to more beatings until their mom couldn't take it anymore and beat their dad's head in with a cast iron frying pan so hard he spent the rest of his days in the booby hatch. <laughs> but I'm getting off track, ain't I? Uh, anyways, me, Daryl, and Joseph, 
We're up in them caves one day when we come across one none of us has ever seen before. It was pretty far up and hard to get at, which is probably why. Lucky for us, we had flashlights with us because this one was deep, which is where we found them. Them? The statues. A whole bunch of them, in fact. They were about the size of a lawn gnome, uh, made of stone. Heavy as hell for kids of our size. What did they look like? Bugs! Or, rather, beetles. Their legs all curl up, like, you know, those roly-poly bugs, you know? Well, Daryl had a baseball bat with him, and almost never went anywhere without it. He starts smashing them, while Joseph's picking them up and dropping them down this hole in the cave, I try to get them to stop, but they just chased me out of the cave, threatening to tell my mom I was up in the caves in the first place if I told. A few days later, I went back to see what they'd done. They'd smashed them all but one. It was, it was buried in the rubble Daryl had caused by smashing up the others, I guess. And that's when I saw something I'd missed the first time. Deeper in the caves, I found markings on the have you ever seen cave paintings? That's what these were. Probably left up there by the Capota or the Weemanooch. I don't know. I, I'm no expert. Well, what were they? <laughs> Search me, but look here. Over the years, I've drawn and redrawn them from memory. This is just one of the notebooks I've filled with my drawings. Interesting. You've either got a very good memory or an overactive imagination, Willie. Are you saying I made this all up? I mean, these drawings look like they're like hunting buffalo or something. You never took any pictures? Afraid not. It wasn't like today where everybody and their brothers carrying cell phones. Now look, I've read lots of books on encounters, but the similarities between yours and mine made me think that You'd be the one to understand. That you'd be the one who would appreciate my story. But if you still don't believe me, follow me. Where are you going? To the cellar. Come with me. Or get the hell out. I'll grab the recorder. Watch your steps, fellas. That third step is loose. Let me get the lights. Uh, there. Now, it's over here, under this sheet. I brought it down from the cave myself. Uh, my mom wouldn't let me bring it in the house, so I put it in the flower bed beside our trailer. That way I could see it from my room. I joined the service in 65 and all but forgot about it, and then when my mom died... I remembered it, and after the funeral, I took it with me back here. It's been in my basement ever since. Well, what do you think? You're saying you hauled this thing all the way up from that cave by yourself? That's got to weigh at least 200 pounds. That's the thing. Over the years, it's gotten bigger. Bigger? No pictures! At least not yet, anyways. Sorry. It was about a third that size when I found it. And that's not all. Here, take this stethoscope and give it a listen. Now, Willie, I... Just do it! What the hell? I told you! 
It's been doing that for a few weeks now. I noticed it when I touched it, and it seemed to be vibrating. I thought I was imagining things at first and sort of hear it if I put my ear to it. So I bought a stethoscope. I heard it as plain as you do right now, which is why I emailed you. Now hold on a minute. This, uh, this is like a pretty good scam you got going here. So what I want to know is how you got it to make that noise. What makes my story any crazier than yours, son? What noise? Here, listen. Okay. Sounds like, like a... Like a Geiger counter. Willie, if this thing is real, which I highly doubt it is, do you understand what you've got here? Yes, sir. Bestseller is what I got. Except I'm about as good a writer as I'm an artist, which is where you come in. I'm willing to split everything 50-50. Let's not get ahead of ourselves here, Willie. I didn't say I was sold yet. This could be anything. It looks like it's made out of stone, but I've got a geologist friend who could probably identify it. That kind of thing. Whatever it takes. Right now, though, man, I'm exhausted. Man, we've been on the road for hours and it's late. Where's the nearest motel around here? <laughs> Nothing's near here, I'm afraid. The nearest motel's about an hour and a half north of here. Great. Say, why don't you fellas just stay here? I appreciate the offer, Willie, but... Listen, I, I got a spare room. There's a bed, a couch, and even a bathroom. I run into the city folks when they come up here for fishing. So there's an outside door, there's another door that leads to the kitchen. I usually keep it locked, but I'll unlock it in case you boys get hungry in the middle of the night. All right, well, at least let us pay you for it. No need, I'll just take it out of your royalties. (laughs) (laughs) Ooh, that's better. Huh? What you doing? Well, while you were taking a shower, I took it upon myself to do a bit of research. Yeah? Yeah. So no offense to our host, but he doesn't exactly strike me as being the most internet savvy of people. What'd you find? Not as much as you'd expect. Nothing. I can't find any images of anything close to the thing he's got in that basement. Nothing in any of my laptop's files, and I got tons on here. Believe me. Nothing on Google, you name it, I checked it. Well, that's not unusual. Yeah, but I didn't let that stop me from digging a little further. While I couldn't find anything matching that thing downstairs, I did find this. Check this out. Well, that looks like... Willie's drawings, right? Where's that photo from? I'll give you one guess. So, someone else found the cave? And had the forethought to take a picture. Well, who took it? No idea. I-, I found it on an old blog someone hasn't used in over a decade. And the photo's uncredited. I looked up the blog author, but uh, it's probably a pen name because it got me nowhere. Damn. Willie's a pretty good artist after all. His drawings are identical. Yeah. Yeah. And those things clearly ain't buffalo. I chalked it up to a kid's overactive imagination, but... The things in this picture have six legs. Will you look at that? Notice anything else? What? 
Why are none of the whatever they are running away from the hunters? You know, you're right. Whatever those things are, they're not being hunted. Mm -hmm. They're attacking. Chris, Chris, wake up, man. Huh? Eric? Is he awake? Woo! What's with the shotgun, Willie? Something's out there. Where? What's going on? Let me just... No, 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 no. Don't turn on the lamp, man. Why? Willie, stay away from the window. Somebody want to tell me just what the hell's going on? Well, you fell asleep. I gathered that. What's out where? What are you talking about? Something triggered my floodlights a few minutes ago. Now they're off, and I I didn't turn them off. You woke me up for a power failure, Willie. I I think you might be a little high-strung. Wait, wait, wait. Where are you going? The kitchen to get a drink. I can't believe... Listen! I've heard enough. I... Is is that... Where's that coming from? The roof! Oh! Wow! God, my eyes! Damn! Willie, your lights are... Those ain't my floodlights! Chris? I know, man. I know. (laughs) Are you boys saying what I think you're saying? Why, though? I think I I think I know. The thing in the basement? Maybe it was calling them somehow over all this time. Maybe what we saw them looking for was Willie's egg all along. How? How the hell should I know? Maybe some kind of psychic signal. No, 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 no. That's crazy. Oh, that's where you're going to draw the line with all this. I gotta see. Willie, no. Wait. Willie, get back here. Willie. Oh, my God. It's just like you've always said. It's beautiful. It's... Hey! What the hell are you... No! Let go! Willie! What the hell's going on? I, I still can't see. I don't know, but I don't mean to find out. Let's get down to the basement. Watch your step and lock the door way ahead of you. Eric, look, the table, the thing, it it cracked. Not just like cracked, like cracked open. Like it's uh, like it's an egg. You hear that? How's going on up there? I don't know, but I'm calling 911. 911, what's your location and phone number? Yeah, 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 just listen to me. There are these weird lights and an egg and bugs. Sir? What is... I don't know the address. We're at uh, Willie Chambliss's place. Sir, can you repeat your location? I said the Chambliss place. They're everywhere! Sir? 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 Fifty-one dispatch. Go ahead, Sheriff. Are you sure they said the Chambliss place? Affirmative. Well, I'm 1023 and the place is quiet. There's a vehicle here with an out-of-state plate, but there's nothing out of the ordinary. I'm going to get out and check on Willie. Copy that. What the? 51 dispatch, I got a long 63 lying in the driveway and shells everywhere. Requesting 1078, I'm going in. Copy. 
Willie? Willie, this is the sheriff. Fifty-one dispatched. The house is quiet. I'm gonna check the basement. Copy that. Sheriff, backup's on its way, but it's coming from South County, so you'll need to sit tight. I ain't going anywhere, Luann. I think my ankle's broken. Say again? I broke my damn ankle on Willie's basement stairs. I'm gonna need a 76. Copy that. What the hell? Get back! So four men, haunted by their pasts, disappear without a trace into the night sky. But what will their future, if any, hold? Well, that is a tale for another time. This appears to be where you get off. Me? No, I have many stops to make. For I am the Mysterious Traveler. You've been listening to the new tales of the Mysterious Traveler. The Mysterious Traveler was created by Robert Arthur and is in the public domain. The new tales of the Mysterious Traveler is copyright Big Broccoli Studios. The Collectors was written and produced by Paul Schultz, based on accounts by Jason Tuttle and Adam Ulrich. The Collectors starred the voice talents of Steve Vinson, M.P. Cavalier, John Hutchinson, Nick Cavert, Amy Bloom, Emmy Regal, and Eric Fulmer. With music by Badmouth, Death Cryptopia, Matt Harris, The 126ers, Kevin McLeod, and White Bat Audio. For more podcasts by Big Broccoli Studios, visit BigBroccoliStudios.com. As always, thanks for listening. You're listening to WOTW's Late Night Drive. You've got Diamond Dog Diggins here for the next few hours. I think some of you folks out there are doing a little more than drinking tonight. <laughs> Probably sampling a little too much of that local agriculture, if you know what I mean. We've been getting some pretty crazy calls into the station about strange lights in the sky. It seems some of you people forgot what dear old Nancy Reagan used to tell us. Just say no. Next up, we have a group calling themselves Death Cryptopia. This is their number one hit called Furious. And you're listening on WOTW's Late Night Drive.